What is up, hockey fans, and welcome back to another edition of Inside the Box. Pete Pogwaga here, joined always by my friend and co-host, Mike Fornabio. Mike, how are you today, buddy? Doing all right, Pete. How about you? I've been better. Um, we recorded most of the show, and then I deleted it. So this is for Ooh, a little peek behind fu- the curtain. Yeah, a little peek behind the curtain. This is our second recording of the show because I deleted the you other sa- you part. You saved the important part. I did save the important part, and the important part is that we have an interview with Newington Co-op head coach Dave Horakowitz, who was awesome. Um, this is a guy who played Division One hockey, um, coached with Jerry York, uh, if you don't know who Jerry York is, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Oh. Um, a long-time BC coach, one of the greatest college hockey coaches of all time, still coaching. Um, you know, Dave won multiple national uh, state championships at Newington. Um, and they're sitting right there in the thick of things in Division Three this year. It's a fun interview. We got to talk about the, you know where the team stands, how they're looking to prepare heading into the state tournament. We talk a little conference tournaments. Um, as well, and what their importance is. But I don't want to spoil it too much, so I'm going to throw it over to the interview with Coach now, and we'll be right back after this. Joining us on Inside the Box this week, we have longtime Newington head coach, Dave Horakowitz. Coach, how are you doing today? And thank you for joining us. My pleasure. I'm uh, doing great. Awesome. Now, so right off the bat, this has been a pretty awesome year for you guys. You guys are sitting in the, uh, the top five seeds. Right now for Division Three, um, yeah. I mean, was this something that you guys had saw coming? Because you know, when everyone's talking D three this year, they're talking Hand, they're talking Lyman Hall, they're talking Shane, and Newington kind of gets forgotten about. Uh, yeah, I think we've come under the radar a little bit. Um, we we have returned uh, seven seniors that have been with the program uh, since their freshman year. Uh, all quality players, very skilled. Um, and, you know, I knew we were going to have a pretty, pretty good year. Uh, they've come together nicely and, you know, they've been competitive pretty much, uh, everyone uh, on our schedule, we've been able to have tight games and I think we can make a good run at it in the state tournament. You know, you mentioned, um, uh, some of your seniors, uh, that you had seven seniors coming back. Uh, who, uh, who are some of the guys that have really stepped up for you, uh, this season and kind of are, are a big reason why you guys are where you are right now? Well, I'll start with our defensive group because um, I, I think that's the kind of the glue to the team. Uh, we have three seniors and a junior, uh, and we play 4D. Uh, they all are good two-way players. Um, they they can score. They can defend well. Um, I, I think it starts with them, uh, and, and I think building off of that, um, we have a couple seniors up front, uh, Ethan Ranger, who came to us last year. Um, is is again a quality player that's that comes in under the radar a little bit as far as you know within the state, but he's a dynamic player. Um, Matt Lavoy is another another one that uh, kind of an unsung player that uh, does a lot for us. Penalty kill, power play, uh, battles hard every game. Uh, he's a solid uh, senior that we have. Uh, another one is Andrew Graham that. Um, is not one of our bigger players, but plays big, and you know he's been one of our top scorers this year. Um, so you know you, you you add those guys into the defensive group, and you know we we got a quite quite a good team uh, heading forward here. Absolutely, you guys had a nice year last year, obviously, but was there a point 
early on this year where you kind of felt this might be something special with this group? Well, you know, we lost to Staples last year in the quarterfinals. Uh, we put up a, a game, a pretty good game with them for two periods. Uh, and then they just, their talent uh, took over in the third period. Um, and, you know, after that game, I, I think um, a lot of the players were were just really motivated coming back this year to, to go further. And, and I think um, that really generated a lot of motivation for them. And, you know, they've worked hard from the preseason all the way on. And I could see it in the fall, watching some of the fall league games, that, uh, you know, this team had something special. Um, and, you know, I, I, I still think we can we can run it if we, you know, if we play consistently for three periods, uh, you know, as I said, we can play with anybody. Well, I mean, <clears throat> definitely in your division, you, you look at you look at your schedule, you guys are 14 and five. You guys are three and five against division two opponents, which, you know, it's, you know, good test. And then you sit and you look at your guys D three record and you guys are 11 and 0. Um, mm-hmm. You guys are the only team in division three that is undefeated in the division this season. How comfortable are you with that, you know, heading into the state tournament? I think we're real comfortable with it. Um, you know, it, it shows that we don't take, you know, games off against D3 teams. Um, we, you know, we play them as if, as if they're D2 teams. Um, we've played a lot of tight games, which I think will help us. Uh, last night we played um, Hall Southington. I know their record's not great, but they always battle us hard, and yep. we came away with a 2-1 to one win. Um, and we've had games like that where, you know, they've been resilient coming into the third, holding a lead or having to come back. And, you know, I, I think that's going to prepare us well moving forward. I mean, 11-0, and 0, you know, against D3 teams is nothing to shake your head about. No, it's, absolutely you know, not. That it, it shows that there's, you know, the team, the, the, the team comes prepared every game. Um, and even the games in the D2 games, I mean, we had a big win against Eastern Connecticut last week. Yep. Um, and we played Cheshire really tough. That game could have gone either way. Uh, they beat us by a goal. We lost overtime to Weathersfield the uh, second time around. That could have gone either way, you know. So, I think, with the exception of a couple games that, you know, against uh, some of the D two teams, we just we didn't play well. Uh, we've been in every game, and the combination of a really good record against D three and com- competition with D two, uh, we're ready to face anybody in D three. You know, look. Obviously, those uh, those couple championship teams teams that you had there. You know what? When you look back on those teams, what uh, what are some of the memories of that of those group of, well, of that group really back to back years? But uh, uh, th- those were those were great memories. Um, probably the, the the one memory was my son was on mm-hmm. um, the second championship team. So the so having a chance to coach your son and then win a state championship was something special that that I'll treasure the rest of my life. Um, so that that was right up there with with a lot of the highlights I had in hockey. Um, and of course the first one was was the first one that uh, we, we we got and the first one is for me for, as a coach at Newington so that was special being the first one uh, just I, I think the camaraderie of the guys throughout the season going into the playoffs um, I just being involved in hockey many years you can kind of get a sense of a, the team that has the potential to, to you know to get to Yale or to win it uh, just on how they act and how they prepare the last three or four weeks going into the playoffs and both of those teams had that. Um, and you just get that sense that, you know, they, they're just determined to, to, you know, to win it. And that's, 
that's what I felt with those with those two teams that I had. But th- those were special teams, and you know, th- this team is close. It's not not like those teams were, but we still have a couple weeks before we start, and they have a great potential to, you know, to be a, a team that can challenge. As I said, like like I had the teams before. Yeah, you guys won the D three titles in two thousand twelve and two thousand and thirteen, both one goal games um, and a one nothing game. I mean, that had to be. A lot of fun to be on the bench for that one, huh? Yeah, and, and very nerve-wracking, too, <laughs> at the same time. Um, it was – those were great games. I mean, one was Northwest Catholic when they were just starting to emerge, yep. you know, as a D3 power and move up. And, again, that was just a fantastic game to watch. Um, you know, nerve-wracking on the bench. We had to kill a, we had to kill a penalty with about four minutes to go. Um, and, you know, they were pretty talented and – it was just it was it was just a great game to be involved in, and then the second one I believe was the one goal game against uh, BCR, who is now Northeastern. But yep. um, another tight one. We had played them three times, I believe, during this during the season in the conference tournament, and so it was like the fourth time playing. So nice. the rivalry was really high, um, and I you know I I I knew the coach pretty well, and it was just. Um, just again, a, a great game for for a D three game for both of those, and one goal games you're usually going to get that, and yeah. I think the people watching those games really enjoyed you know enjoyed the moment. Yeah, how how would you you know obviously playing at Yale is uh, playing at Ingalls is is pretty special, but you know I feel like whenever I go there, no matter what the teams are, no matter how far these teams are away from New Haven, the fans always seem to come out, and the atmosphere is just something that can't be matched at any other rink. I agree. Um, it's second to none. Uh, and I've been, you know, even when I wasn't in, in the finals, I, I go watch all the games usually at Yale. And no matter where the teams are from, it's just people walking into the building, the preparation for it, the buildup for it. And as the game goes on, um, it's just it's just something to kind of behold in, in the hockey circles to just be a part of. Um, I think it's a, it's a great thing that it's at Yale um, and I think all these players from all the teams in the state aspire to get there and and I think the you know the fans obviously support them uh, a lot and whether it's D3 or D1 D2 uh, I think you're going to get that and it's just it's 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 a great two weeks or whatever one week depending on how the, the, the schedule goes to be a hockey fan for high school hockey in the state and I encourage, you know, anyone that's watched high school games, never been there to just go watch any of the games there. And, and you won't, you, you know, you won't be disappointed for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the next like two weeks are just like a roller coaster of just great game after great game after great game, no matter what the division is. So it's, it's definitely an exciting time. I agree. How did you get started in coaching once, uh, once you finished playing? How did, uh, how did that all get uh, get rolling uh well um i played out in the midwest in college um at university of dayton we were a d1 independent uh back in the uh, early 80s um and so i i'm originally from massachusetts i played high school hockey in western mass in ludlow so that's where i kind of got to start i played one year semi-pro and i just uh from there uh, i got the coaching bug um right after grad school uh, coaching Cornell University women's ice hockey when women's ice hockey was just starting um, back and again in the uh, late 80s and probably the biggest the, the probably the biggest thing on my life as far as coaching 
was having the ability to work with Jerry York um, at Bowling Green when I was a grad student there. And we won the national championship in 84 and three overtimes at Lake Placid. And that kind of kick-started me in, in coaching. And uh, I still use a lot of the things that he, you know, he taught coaches there. And I every now and then I'll send him an email. And obviously he's done unbelievable things at Boston College. But he, he's probably the one person that has been most instrumental in, in me coaching and continuing to coach. Yeah, he just signed an extension, too. He, I don't think he's ever going to coaching. I don't think so either. <laughs> I mean, he just... He's so passionate, and if you just ever experience how much fun he puts in um, the game with the players, it's it's just unbelievable. And and his passion, even at you know at his age, he's still going strong. And I saw the extension, and um, I think they're just going to let him go however he wants to go. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he's just he's just he's driven, and it just he makes it fun for the players. And you know they're obviously very competitive and very good, but just creates a very, very uh, good atmosphere for the players and the programs, you know, that he's been involved in. Yeah, for sure. I was looking at that team last night. It was it was quite a group you guys had there at Bowling Green, huh? That, that couple of thousand-game defensemen, a uh, few, at least one other NHL, right? Quite, uh, quite a group. What was that? I didn't oh, catch that. Sorry, no, I was, I was just looking at that, uh, at that team last night, that Bowling Green team, you know, a couple of – couple thousand game NHL defensemen uh, at least one other NHL or quite a quite a team from the Bowling Green team right yeah I mean we had Gino Cavallini played played in the NHL uh, Gary Gary Galley played for the Bruins uh, that 84 Bowling Green team was loaded and um, you know it, that, that whole run that whole year I was involved in as a grad assistant was just phenomenal and to, to top it off with a national championship um was even better and you know he and the other thing the kind of guy jerry york is i was just a grad assistant and all the support staff he he supplied the rings for us wow. you know after they won it which was kind of nice and i uh prior to us winning the state championship um i would when we got to yale because we've been in the finals a couple of times i would bring the ring out in the locker room right before the game and just uh, kind of a little motivational factor for the players and nice. said, well, you know, this would be nice to get. This is what you guys are after. Uh, so, uh, you know, but now I don't have to use it because we, we have our own state mm-hmm. championship rings, which is nice. Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, motivation to use. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. So you guys, you know, the season's winding down. Um, I believe you guys have a conference tournament in the CCC, and then on to states. How is the team feeling heading into, you know, now this is grind time. This is why you skated earlier in the year. This is why you do all the extra off-ice stuff, right? This is this is why. This The next month is why, or three weeks is why everything, you know, you do everything the way that you do. And uh, how is the team ready? Are they prepared? How, uh, how are they looking? Well, I think I think we got one game left on Saturday, senior night uh, against Enfield, and so you know that that concludes the regular season. And I always talk about, you know, we have kind of three seasons, and we you know we go after two trophies, and and the the king of the trophies obviously is the state championship trophy. Um, so you know, hopefully we have a good game Saturday for the seniors and pick up a couple more points and try to establish our highest seeding we can. I think. 
We have potentially to, to be third. And if Lyman Hall, I believe, loses to East Haven um, and we win, we could possibly move up to mm-hmm. second. I'm not positive on that, but I, I think that that's a possibility. Right. Yep. Um, and then, you know, the conference, the conference tournament, which um, I know a lot of people aren't are not high on conference tournaments, but we treat it as it's, you know, it's potentially get a trophy and also um, potentially help you with a couple tough games leading into the state tournament. So we got EO Smith who's beaten us twice. We played really well against them last, uh, last week. They're a solid D2 team um, up at UConn. Uh, I think that'll be great preparation for us. And, you know, if we're fortunate to play well and get by, then we'll play in the finals at Trinity on Saturday against the winner of Weathersfield and um, Paul Southington. And then we turn right around with the state games on Monday. So, you know, you know, we're preparing for, we're preparing for three games in, in five days, which is not ideal, but I think the players are ready for that. Um, and then as soon as the conference turns, you know, ends, we're, we're just gearing up We're everyone's zero and zero. We're starting our, our last opportunity to win a trophy and it'll all start on Monday. So the preparation will, you know, will begin for everything um, probably on Monday once, you know, the regular season ends. Nice. Well, coach, uh, we just wanted to thank you very much for your time. We know you're, you guys are very busy, uh, but we want to wish you luck the rest of the way and we'll, uh, and we'll get to see you at the rink. Maybe we'll see you guys at Yale, huh? Great. That, that sounds good. And thanks for having me on. I appreciate everything you guys do. Absolutely, you, Coach. Thank you very much. Have, have a great uh, rest of the season, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Have a great day. Thanks. Right, bye. Thanks again to uh, Coach Dave Rockowitz for jumping on to talk. Did I get that wrong, Mike? You didn't know. I was just laughing because we didn't know how to say it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know how to say it the first now time. Now we know. We now we know. So thanks again to Coach for jumping on. Uh, he was awesome. Uh, like I said before, okay. yeah, I'm going to keep that. All right. Yeah, that's fine. Look, we, I already deleted 20 minutes of the show, so this might be a little shorter. But we're going to look back right. into next week, look ahead at the conference tournaments and kind of what is on the horizon in high school hockey. Right off the bat, Ridgefield, 20-0. Congratulations. <laughs> this is a team that everyone thought would be, you know, the D1 team to beat at the end of the year. I don't know if a lot of people thought 20-0 was possible because it hadn't been done in nine seasons. What was it? 2011. 2010, so, 2011. So eight seasons. Yeah, whatever. Um, the last one was New Canaan, who then inevitably lost in the semifinals of the Division One state tournament. St. Joe's. I think that was, their, was that their fourth game or their third game? They played a bunch of times. Anyway. Yeah, and they had beaten St. The Joe's in the FCAC, in the FCAC uh, semifinals. Um, so kudos to them. Um, the big test was prep. We talked about that last week. And they had, I believe, Trump, had West Westall, Stanford, and Wilton. and Wilton to close it out. They beat them at home. Shout out to the seniors. You know, guys like you know, Colin, Sean Gordon, um, Van, Simon Van Wees. Uh, they have a lot of good guys on that know, team. You know, the, we, we were, you know, we're starting to do all state, all area, all whatever teams. And, you know, you start to think how many of those guys can we put on this team? Yeah, right. you could really pick a bunch of them. You could legitimately just pick the All-State team as the Ridgefield team. I mean, that's how good they've been. There's your team year. photo. Yeah, there's your team photo right there. They are. They were that good this year. Um, now it begs the question that Mike and I have already discussed once, so we're going to do it again. We'll do it again because uh, I didn't record it. But see if I make more sense. This <laughs> see if I make more sense this time. Uh, we were talking about conference tournaments, and 
do they really matter? Uh, you know, Coach uh, Dave said it before, and we were actually talking in the interview. If you listen to the interview, he he, he likes that opportunity to, to win a second, you know, a first trophy before you go win a second trophy. I'm of the mindset of that these games technically do not count towards the CIAC record book. This whether Richfield wins the FCX or loses the FCX, they are still 20-0 in the eyes of the state, and they are still the number one seed in Division One. So basically what they are is glorified scrimmages, in theory. I would argue the CIAC record book then is wrong, and I think, then I, I come around to the, like, the idea that nothing really matters? Yes. I think I was kind of very... I uh, like that. I agree. It was, it was, if the it state weirdly philosophical. If the CIAC recognized the conference tournaments, I'm all about them. But at the end of the day, they don't. It's not like if you win the conference tournament, you get like a higher seed in the states, or an, you know what I mean, or an automatic bid like in the NCAA. But they still happened. Not in the eyes of the state. Well, the state's wrong. I I'm not disagreeing with you there, but I'm just saying is right now the games don't matter. So but hypothetically speaking, Richfield loses in the in the SCX, and then they run the table in Division One in the eyes of the state. They're what twenty four and zero. And the state will still be wrong. And the state will still be but, wrong. But the state will be celebrating the them state, as the undefeated state, champions. The state used to not count the out-of-state games anymore. Yeah, no, no, I know. But, but I'm saying is like next year, next year, if Richfield finishes 24-1 and with that one loss in an FCAC title, we'll be writing our stories that they're 24-1, and that they didn't go undefeated. Everyone will be writing that story. And the CIAC will be celebrating them as undefeated champions. I mean, that that is but, that is just a fact. I'm just, but, but, that's, but that's fact. But I'm just saying they can do whatever they want. Oh, of course they can do whatever they want. They the CIAC does do whatever they want. They don't care what anybody else thinks about them. Uh, it's just an interesting. It's just something so interesting and so like, is it even worth playing it then? Right? And I say yes because I think you know you're playing more games. You're looking to you're looking to play more games. You're looking to get kids more ice time. It and you know as we mentioned, you know it comes in some tough situations sometimes like for hand who's got a four and five which the pros don't do anymore yeah but still it's a trophy it's a championship it's a banner it's something to play for you're playing one or two more games against a rival and theoretically a good team i think it's worth it yeah I, to me i mean i get if look if richfield wins it then yeah it's, it's great in front of you i mean you might as well win it yeah, that's no, true. I mean, like I look at the the SEC; they didn't have a Division One title game for what fifteen years, something like that. Because I don't think the coaches wanted to play in it. Yeah, it was politics. Because um, I think that they were looking at a, the state championship as the goal. I don't think I think there are some coaches and teams out there that do not value conference championships, and I don't disagree with them. That said, they're fun to cover. They're fun to go to. I mean, it's like last year. When I was working at the Record Journal, Sheen and Lyman Hall were the one and two in the Division Three, you know, SCC SWC tournament. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "This is going to be great. We're going to get a rival game in the championship. This is going to be awesome to cover. This and this." And then Lyman Hall goes out and loses to BBD in a shootout, in like a nine round shootout. I got locked in Milford Rink that night trying to put the video together. <laughs> oh, that story. And uh, yeah, oh, that no. story. And um, it was wild. It was a great game to cover. And some of those games, you know, you lose in a conference championship game or a conference tournament game, you might not be able to recover from that. Because if I'm correct, Lyman Hall was bounced early in Division Three. Sheehan, though, who won the D3 SCC SWC, was bounced in the first round by Eastern. So I don't know where, if it hurts or it helps. 
Um, speaking of the two Wallingford schools, uh, I bounced over to Northford last Saturday to see them play. And uh, not surprised that Sheehan won, surprised by how dominant Sheehan won by. 5-1. Uh, to one. Uh, They scored early. Or they scored first, went up 5 went up one nothing. Kyle Roberts, who I best player in Division Three. He might be one of the best players in the state. He's just he's unbelievable to watch if you haven't seen him play yet. Uh with an absolute snipe over Tyler Robertson, like top like right over the shoulder. Like an absolute rip. And uh I was like, Oh, here we go. I mean Northford was rocking. The um the the walk in room, the Whenever you've got to walk. Anyway, the lobby. the lobby, that's the word, packed. Parking, packed. It was bananas. It was crazy. It was awesome. What a great ex- what a great high school hockey atmosphere. So fingers crossed, hopefully we'll get that at Yale because that would be bananas if that happened at Yale. That would be just, it'd be, it'd be organized chaos how, how well those two schools and teams and programs travel. Um, fun little antidote from that, and uh, it because it's funny now, so I don't really care. So the first time Lyman Hall beat Sheehan, Coach Festa refused to use Lyman Hall in his post conference, in his post game conference. Um, it's in my story. He referred to them as Haddam Killingworth and Cogentrag, or Cogentrag and Haddam Killingworth, and because uh, Lyman Hall obviously is the co op uh, with Cogentrag and, and HK. So I thought it was funny. Uh, people. You know, even like even like the I think the Lyman Hall coaches like found some humor in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like a fun ri- a rivalry between the two. And then uh, on Saturday, uh, all three Lyman Hall coaches were wearing Cog and Jog beanies. <laughs> so I gotta give oh, I gotta give them credit cool. for that because that that's was well really funny. I saw Richie Very at the well end played. of the game, and I'm like, "Are those Cog and Jog beanies?" And he looked at me and he's like, "Yeah." Um, credit for them for wearing that. That's funny. That plays into the friendliness of the mm-hmm. rivalry, and it's a good time. So that was great to watch. Um, I really want to see the two of them meet at Yale. Mm-hmm. I, that's selfish of me, but I really, really, really want to see the two of them meet at Yale. I think that would be awesome. Um, I also want to see Lyman Hall play Daniel Hand again. Um, that second time around. So. Yeah, that first time around... I'm going to be honest with you. I can't look past that. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Maybe because I was there and I saw it. I left in the second period. It was 6 nothing. Right. Granted, day after Christmas, um, some kids were not there for hand in terms of them being in full strength because of the holiday and stuff like that. Fine. I get it. Our team's better than they were at the end of the December. Absolutely. I still can't get past that. That's a dominant performance. It's not like Lyman Hall beat him two to one, or even seven six, where it was like this close back and forth. No, no, it was just pure domination from puck drop. And I can't look past that. Granted, you look at hand; they're one and zero against Division One teams, six and one against Division Two teams, seven and one and one against Division Three teams. You know, look. We might see it twice in the next three weeks. So we might see it twice in the next three weeks, but I'm going to be honest with you. If somehow, some way, we can get Hand and Lyman Hall, and Lyman Hall and Sheen playing at Yale at the same, like, you know, in the semis and the finals, like, I'm all about that. Like, that's selfish of me, but I'm just saying, like, the whale will be, Ingalls would be rocking for both of those games if those, 
at, at all are possible, Ingalls would be on its, uh, it would be upside down, like how loud that place is going to be. Like I'm, I'm looking at the rest of like these possible matchups and like they would be great matchups hockey-wise that we would appreciate. Like I would love to see Guilford and Watertown. I would actually love to see Cheshire and Guilford. You got one team who can't prevent a goal and you have one team that can't score goals, right? You got these two opposite teams. Cheshire, shout out to Coach Gusto, uh, Justo and, 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 you know, that Cheshire team. This is a team that when I did the JBWA story a couple of weeks ago, they're scoring two goals a game. One of the worst in Division Two. yet they're sitting here at 13-4 and because they have one of the best goalies in the state, definitely one of the best goalies in Division Two. Really pull it back together. Nick Marangola. He might be one of the best goalies in the state. So I would, those are good, but at the same time, how packed. 8 one the last time, by the way. Damn. How packed do you think Ingles would be for Cheshire Guilford? That'd be kind of crazy. I don't know. I don't know if it would be as crazy as a hand line and all. I think both of those schools tr- travel really well. I think Guilford yeah. travels well. I'm not too sure about Cheshire. I'm just sitting here and I'm looking and I'm like, or like if Watertown is playing South Windsor, it's like how crowded is Yale going to be? So just like from, and then you look at Division One. I, I think Division One will be packed no matter what, because I think a lot of hockey fans are just going to come out. I would love to see Richfield and Northwest Catholic play again because they met two years ago in the finals. So you got guys like Brendan Horn, Esposito, Sean McCurry, uh from from Northwest Catholic who played on that team, and then you obviously you got Nick Cullinan who scored the game-winning goal in that game, who played on that team. And there's a lot of familiar faces playing against each other again. And I think that would be awesome if they got to meet again in the finals. But again, I would love to see Richfield and Darianne play for a third time. And I would definitely sign up to see Richfield and Fairfield Prep play again. Mm-hmm. But we saw Richfield play Hamden. We were at that game together. That wasn't really a good game. So, I mean, I think there's a handful of matchups where you're looking and you go, well, that's going to be a great game. And I, look, I could be so freaking wrong. I mean, you look at, you look at Division One. Nuka Division One, Xavier's on fire right now. Mm-hmm. They're playing very well. Um, Greenwich, Greenwich is sneaking into the FCAC tournament, right? Mm-hmm. What if Greenwich wins five, a couple of games six. and goes to the finals? Or which isn't inconceivable. Yeah, depending on if they have to play Richfield or not. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. Like if they don't have to depends play Richfield, yeah. yes, <laughs> it depends on the coin flip. But I'm saying if Greenwich gets in on the other side of the FCAC and they've beaten Darien this year. They can get in, play the FCAC finals, even if they lose to Richfield. That's the benefit of playing in these conference tournaments, right? Right, Mike? This is a Greenwich team that people picked to win the title this year. And they're sitting as a 10 seed. So, you know, I think Greenwich can prove a lot to get there, but I just think think Division One is just so up there. But, you know, if I'm signing up right now, I'm signing up for, honestly, I actually, as much as I would love to see Prep in Richfield again, I don't know if Richfield wants to see Prep again. Um, but I would really like to see Richfield Northwest Catholic. I think that would be a lot of fun. With the story behind that they played two years ago, um, I think that would add so much. Now, this is us just being selfish journalists who are, um, you know. Oh, there's a lot of options for us to be selfish journalists. Yes, that is very true. Especially in that D1 field. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot coming up. Um, just schedule-wise, we're into the last week. This We're recording Thursday, so this will be up Friday morning. Um, you know, a couple of games Friday. Um, 
you know, we we mentioned Trinity Catholic, McMahon, Norwalk. I mean, McMahon, Norwalk has to win. I think yeah. if they even want to sniff yeah, a shot sure in the tournament, I'm pretty sure they need to win that. Yeah. And then they have Staples um, Trinity, the week after. If Trinity wins, they actually put themselves in decent shape, depending on what happens with a couple yeah. other games. There's a couple of big games. Uh, the big one is Sheen Hand on Saturday and Fairfield Prep Hand on Saturday afternoon. I will be at wrestling, so I think I might be able to sneak to the Sheen Hand game Saturday night. Maybe. Possibly. God, I can't get a worse parking spot than I did last week, so... <laughs> I think I might just go straight there from wrestling. Park out at uh, the Dairy Queen. On I'm thinking about it. Or maybe Hard Hat, which is right around there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, we got some really good games. Uh, Mike's not sure where he's headed yet. There's a lot of good games to end the season. JBWA and Milford are getting together That's on the Monday. playoff game, basically, most likely. Yeah. I know it's for a conference playoff spot, but still it's a playoff game. Yeah. And then... Uh, <laughs> and then shout-out to NFI, <laughs> whose season ends beat. on Wednesday when they play at Hamden. Because they're not going. To, I just dropped my tea. Um, thank you. Um, because they're not going to the tournament. So there's a lot of interesting scenarios uh, that are coming out in the last couple of weeks. And the conference playoffs get uh, cranking on Monday. Not my conference has uh, games Monday and Tuesday, and then uh, the FCX and the SECs are Wednesday, and regular season ends Wednesday, and yep. then pairings on Thursday. Yeah, it's. We got a lot coming up. Uh, next week's episode is going to be loaded. We're going to talk conference tournaments. We're going to. So if they come out Thursday, if we do this Friday or late Thursday, I think maybe we do a little predictions next week. What do you think, Mike? I'm supposed to do that in print. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you Would can. Joe Morelli be happy. I don't know. Joe Morelli. You can do the same. You just make sure your predictions are the same. I can't do that. Yeah, you can. What are you going to hedge your bets? <laughs> Um, I know you have a couple of things you want to note before we get out of here, Mike. I did. Um, I mentioned uh, I met up with uh, Jerry Cantlin, who's been covering hockey in the state for quite a while now. I saw him on uh, Saturday. He mentioned his uh, his brother passed away, so our uh, our condolences out to him and his and his family. And uh, happily, uh, tomorrow, well, if you're listening on Friday, uh, happy 39th anniversary, USA Four, USSR Three. The Miracle on Ice. How many? 39 years? Greatest day in America. 39 years. And if you're listening on Sunday, happy uh, 39th anniversary of the U.S. beating Finland and clinching the gold medal. And Herbie, you know, walking in at intermission saying, if you lose this game, you'll take it to your graves. And turning around and walking out and turning around and walking back in your graves with a little intensifier in there somewhere. Yeah, certain words that we're not allowed to say. But, um, so yeah, if you are listening Sunday, 39th anniversary, uh, we talked about this on the the lost episode, mm. but the movie's good. Uh, Kurt Russell does a great job as Herb Brooks. Um, good hockey in the movie. That said, not enough of the equipment staff, but that's all right. <laughs> that said, go. I would recommend watching the HBO documentary from. And that really was fantastic. That was awesome. Um, I forgot what it's called. Just search HBO Miracle mm. Documentary. It's pretty awesome. You can find it online somewhere and probably stream it illegally, but. Um, it's been out for so long. I might have to do that. Yeah, that one's unbelievable. My dad made me watch it as a kid during the O2 Olympics when I started really getting into hockey. And uh, when I started really getting into Olympic hockey. Now, like, I would rather watch the Olympics over probably the NHL, except for the last Olympics. That was that was awful. But Be knocking. I'm not knocking. It's just not the same play. It's just a completely it's different. When Russia comes in with their KHL guys mm-hmm. and we're sending – 
you know. Don't be knocking Chris Bork. He's I'm, I'm not. I'm not no. knocking Chris, but Chris isn't you know the guy that we want to send to USA when they're sending Pavel Datsuk. <laughs> so, um, but those 2012 team, uh, 2010 team, the 2014 mm. team, those were pff, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, go out and watch and celebrate probably the biggest day in USA hockey history. USA history. Then like, there's what else? Honestly, I thought I'm pretty yeah, sure Herb Re- Brooks Revolution. Come on, forget about it. I'm pretty sure Herb Brooks won the Cold War, mm. according to some oh, people. No. But uh, we want we want to we uh, we won't spoil how uh, how the game ends. But uh, hmm. it was a pretty good one. So you might have heard it once or twice. Yeah, a couple of times. Um, but you know, one last time, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. For Mike, I'm Pete. See you guys at the rink.